Welcome, everybody, back to The Rooted and Edified Show. We are so glad that you are joining us. I'm Caddy Lias, your host, and you are joining us for a special episode today, which is Building Intentional Relationships for Christ. We have a special guest, Gretchen Levesque. We're going to do a happy dance for you. We are so glad you're joining us. And before we tell you about what an amazing woman of God that Gretchen is, I want to tell you a little bit more about this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by and is part of Beautifully Rooted, which is a Christian mental health and education corporation. And this show, The Rooted and Edified Show, is a fun-loving, no-facade Christian worldview show that is for men and women who want to hear about real-life testimonies, about interesting topics, hear talents within the church, and who want to discuss theology. We are a Bible-believing conservative Christian show. As a reminder, we put out a video and audio podcast both. If you want to know more and you're just so excited about what we are doing here, maybe you want to be a part of this or you want to support us in some way, we want you to check out our website. We would love to have you here. Our website is www.beautifullyrooted.com, spelled B-E-Y-O-U. Let's jump in because we have an amazing, amazing woman of God here that I want to tell you all about. Gretchen is married to Jean for 30 years. Almost 30. And in those 30 years, you have become a mother of three amazing young ladies. Yes, very blessed. college students. Gretchen is trained in graphic design. She has a bachelor's of fine arts because she's a fine lady. She now works doing marketing and design for their family real estate business, Suncrest Realty. And hopefully you'll tell us more about that in just a little bit. I'd love to. She also volunteers for a nonprofit, Beacon of Light, and serves on their board as the marketing director. Yes. On top of all that, she leads her neighborhood watch, runs a monthly book club. She mentors two lovely college students. In the past, she's taught classes with her husband on theology subjects. She's led life groups. She's launched a pro-life ministry. So she also served as PTA president. And given all that, she has left the workplace to start her family 21 years ago to focus on raising them the best that she could. And I know you've done an amazing job. These young ladies are amazing young women themselves. Gretchen has a knack for building relationships, building community and connection, which is why she's here with us today. And she has no greater joy than to see people come to Christ and grow in him. So that is a good point of your qualifications and the wonderful things about you. Can you tell us a little bit more about who is Gretchen? Wow. I am just a passionate person about whatever I come across that I believe strongly in. I become a national spokesperson for it. It may sound that I'm involved in all these random things. I haven't been involved in all of them at the same time. I usually focus on a few things at a time, but you did a great job of summing up my last 20 years or so. Maybe tell us a little bit about how did you come to Christ? A little bit about your theological background? Okay, so in high school, I was raised kind of holiday Catholic and raised by a single mom. She did such a fantastic job of raising me and I had connection with my dad and all the sides of the family. So I I had some good support systems going on, but it was by no means perfect. When I was in high school, I found myself like junior high, early high school, realizing I've got some major gaps going on in my life and God is not really a part of the way I do life. And I knew that there was something missing and wrong about that. Somewhere maybe in the middle of high school, I was getting involved with the Anaheim Family YMCA. And there were some Christian people there and a director there and shared the gospel with us. And me and, and a handful of my friends all kind of came to the Lord around the same time in high school. I just know this one night, it was very clear and I knew I'm headed in this direction now and I am never going back. And I was so appreciative of the fact that I could have forgiveness and that I could have God in my life that I've never had really any desire to do anything different. 
What a reminder of how reaching out to your community, what an impact that can make. And now you have salvation. Mm -hmm. Also, you love apologetics, no? Yes. When I realized that the Christian faith has deep roots in everything from history, logic, reasoning, philosophy, and that all of these different parts work together with 100% cohesion, I was just amazed. Can you tell us a little bit more about the businesses that you have, the ministries you're a part of, maybe the realty, and also Beacon of Light? Sure. So my husband's an entrepreneur. When I met him, he was making surfboards. He has his own brand of custom surfboards called Glassic. But when we wanted to bring me home full time, there was a need for him to change careers. He ended up getting involved in real estate. And now he's a broker and we have our own company called Suncrest Realty. We do a newsletter weekly. And I added in this article called Intentional Home. I love ways to make your house beautiful, but I also care deeply about the experience that people who come into your home have. How would they receive that newsletter? If you want to get the newsletter and get my weekly articles, go ahead and just email my husband, Gene, at Gene, G-E-N-E, surfs, S-U-R-F-S, at yahoo.com, genesurfs at yahoo.com, and just request to be put on our newsletter list. We don't do a bunch of marketing. We don't share your information or anything like that. So one of the other things that I love is that I have a little extra free time that I can invest in one of my other passions. And so that's where being a volunteer and a board member for Beacon of Light comes in. So this is an organization that, again, is a local Orange County organization. Orange County, California. Yes, Orange County, California. And we provide sexual health education options for young people, mostly in the public schools, some private schools and organizations, some churches, but we are a secular nonprofit. And we believe we have an excellent message on sex education that is different than what the standard message is going out in our public schools right now, which is mostly provided by Planned Parenthood. So that's what Beacon of Light does. We have really big plans for some exciting projects coming up. If anyone wanted to ever donate, let us know. The way to get in touch with us at Beacon of Light and learn more about what we do is going to www.beaconspeaks.org. That's B-E-A-C-O-N speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S.org. Just before we finish, do you have any specials that are going on? Okay, so this is a really fun special that we do at Suncrest Realty. This was my husband's idea. If anybody uses him for real estate, either buying or selling, and upon the close of a transaction, he will make a custom surfboard of any size, short, longboard, with any design on it for free as part of the deal. It's a thank you gift. Thank you so much for that. Now, if we jump in so that we can help everybody think about different ways of building intentional relationships for Christ, how do we bridge that gap so that way we can help them to know Christ, which we know is the truth and is the way and is the answer to the questions that they have that are burning deep inside of this heart. Let's jump in. Why do you think it is important for believers to build relationships. Why is that needed? Because there's some people that are very introverted and, and would love to just be by yourself, a hermit in, you know, watching movies and in the house all the time. That is a great question. I'm an introvert, actually. I just wear the extrovert hat a lot, but really I am driven by what I already know the word of God says. And given in Matthew, it talks about the great commission. And in other parts of scripture, it's very clear that we're to go out with this message that we have. If it's so precious and so 
life-giving and can change our entire destiny and future and even that of our family. Who am I to keep that to myself? I think when I fully understood salvation and that I have this gift from Christ and forgiveness in him, that compels me alone. Just that knowledge compels me to share it with others. And then I know the scriptures that are telling me to do that, the Great Commission, going out, sharing the gospel, making disciples, baptizing. And so I've just had this passion that's coming from reading the scriptures. You know, I do a daily reading plan of my husband and I, a chapter a day, and we just go through the Bible. They may sound a little boring, but no, it's not boring. It's my plan too. One yes. chapter a day. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Why I think it's amazing. That's how I read through the Bible all the way through because I had to pick a goal that was doable that oh. I wouldn't backtrack from one chapter a day. That's what we do with our oh, family chapter- as well. Just by doing that, I'm getting, I'm reading the word and I'm realizing I have a duty and an obligation and an honor to be an ambassador for Christ wherever God has me, bloom where you're planted, right? You love that phrase because you love gardening. Yes, bloom where you're planted, but it's a biblical principle. What I have felt very deeply also is the other passage from Matthew talking about using the talents that God has given you. If he's given me one talent or five talents, whatever it is he's given me, I do not want to bury those because I'm afraid. I want to conquer that fear of whatever I have of being an introvert and getting out and maybe doing some things that feel slightly risky at times and just experiment what works with my neighborhood. So I started inviting neighbors into my home of just, you know, there's a holiday around. People like holidays generally. Okay, Easter is coming up. Let's do a neighborhood tea for the ladies and invite them into my house and bring a plate of cookies or something. And so I started this way. That's been great. I've been doing that for years now. And I don't hit every holiday. I do it when I can. But people have gotten to know us. They've received some hospitality coming into our home and they've been able to share something that they've baked. So it's like a, a way where it's not a huge burden on me. It's like a collaborative effort, but people are willing to do that. So I've been able to connect with some of the women this way. Here's another really practical way that I've done it, Kat. I know you're big into exercise and yes, keeping healthy in your body and your mind. So I realized that I got to stay active somehow and I'm not a gym person or anything like that, but walking is something I can do. But I'm really bad at self-discipline with walking and exercise. <laughs> okay, I am terrible at it. So I knew I have to partner with someone else to walk with me or else it just won't happen. So I was walking with one partner. She came very naturally. Once a week, I walk with this one partner. And as we were walking around the neighborhood, a few other people said, oh, if you guys ever want someone to come with you walking, let me know. And so then I meet another neighbor that way. So now currently I have four walking partners on four different days of the week. I spend one-on-one time with these women. And this has been happening for years. God does neat things with that time. We share burdens with one another. We sometimes pray with one another. Not all of them are walking the same journey of faith that I am right now, but I am so excited about what God might do and just building friendships. You know, maybe they'll never choose the same path that I have to follow Christ, but I'm able to be there for them. I'm able to receive from them and just enjoy the friendship and see where it might blossom into. Those are two concrete ways. I mean, I have a whole list cat right here Mm -hmm. of other ways, but these are just things that I'm taking my need for exercise, my hospitality and bringing people into my home. Do you want me to tell you about something I did recently at Christmas time? Sure. Actually, it was before Christmas, Thanksgiving time. 
So I love plants and I love succulents especially. There was this project I wanted to do and I wanted to create these succulent pumpkins. You take a pumpkin and then you you make like a succulent arrangement on top of it and they're really beautiful and I grow a bunch of succulents in, in my backyard. So I thought I can do this like almost for free. But then I thought, well, why just do this by myself when I can invite neighbors over and do it with me and we can make a whole day out of it. And it was so much fun. And then I posted about it in our intentional home article. And so then the reach is going further. So this is how it breaks down. I like succulents. I like teaching. I put the two together and invite people over and then make it happen. And it was so natural. I wasn't trying to do something that was out of my wheelhouse. I was kind of staying in my lane, doing what comes naturally to me. You think about what makes you excited and then run with that energy and do that. I love that you're reminding us and that you're such a great example of how the Lord doesn't always just keep us in our comfort zone. As somebody who prefers quiet time or regroups and recuperates by quiet time, God called you out to the uncomfortable, the thing that you wouldn't maybe naturally gravitate towards. He has his plans for us. It's not always our comfort. And a lot of times we don't grow in our comfort. We just mm-hmm. stay kind of stagnant. What a, a blessing to hear you and to see you as an example of, well, I may be a quiet person who likes individual time, but I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and he's telling me to work in my community and to build these relationships and utilize my gifts and you obey. And you never go wrong with obeying the Holy Spirit. A lot of the things that you've brought up are very intentional. It's not always just things that just fall along the, your path and just worse itself out for you. Do you think that being intentional is important? Well, it's necessary because we have an adversary, the devil, (laughs) who does not want any of these connections to happen, especially if you're doing them with spiritual things in mind and hoping that the Lord will allow opportunities for you to connect with others on a deeper level. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And our own flesh is worrying against us as well, wants to keep you lazy, wants to keep you isolated, wants to keep you from experimenting with new things. They wants to keep you trapped in the fear of failure or the fear of looking weird or something like that. You have opposition. And because we have opposition from within and from without, you have to be intentional and set up a goal of doing this. So I want to tell you a strategy. The other day I had an idea to do something and it's something that I've been putting off for like a couple of years now. And I feel really strongly and drawn toward this teaching opportunity. But I just got tired of thinking about it and not doing anything. So what I did was I intentionally forced myself to text someone from church that I knew would follow up with me and say, oh, so tell me more about that idea you have. And so it's like I let the cat out of the bag and I basically did something to help hold myself accountable to follow through with this idea. And you can't unsend a text. You can unsend a message. You can unsend some things, a WhatsApp, but you cannot unsend a text. That's right. So it was already out there. So right. I want to do this idea or at least investigate it and flesh it out. But if I just keep it within myself or I talk to my husband about it or write it down on a little piece of paper or something, it doesn't exist yet. I put something into action. So we'll see. It is about making plans. And there's some strategies that I have. Maybe we can jump to some of that. I think a lot of people want to build community. A lot of people want to build relationships. They want to obey Christ, but they just aren't sure where to start. Could you let us know and give us some practical tips on how one might start to bridge the gap between them and others? Yes. 
That is a great question because I was in that place probably about 12 years ago or so. I've had various people in my life who've served like mentors to me. And there was this one woman I was spending some time with and she shared with me that she has these events at her house where she just invites some of her neighbors over the ladies for, you know, gathering of some kind with the hopes of it turning into a Bible study at some point. That was why I started inviting the women from the neighborhood into my home was because I was inspired by the mentor sharing her ideas with me. So I think that it's great to be able to pick up ideas wherever you can find them and see what can I implement. And if you only have a little bit of time, or if let's say your time is limited to the weekends, then plan within that and see what you can do. So not everything has to be, I do this humongous event, I spend 40 hours a week with this particular person, you can do it with what your means are. Yes, and I think that's key. And for many years, I had wanted to do something in my neighborhood because I'm also really convicted by the scriptures that talk about loving your neighbor. And I thought, well, how can I practically love my neighbor? It was a struggle for a long time. How can I do this? And then I just started experimenting. Then it seemed like from there, once I was able to just release myself to experiment with some ideas, that's when everything started happening. And then I had a friend who did a book club in her home. And I thought, book club, this is another way to be able to invite people in. And you know, you never know how it's going to happen. You never know what it's going to look like. And so we started the book club. That's a different group of people. That's more of mostly Christian friends that come together where we can pour into each other on a different level. It's less outreach, but more discipleship. Because those are the two things. How can we reach our neighbors that are far from God? And how can we build up our brothers and sisters? sisters in Christ. So I'm focusing on my sisters, unless I'm with Jean. When I'm with Jean, we can focus on our brothers and sisters together. When it's just me, then I'm like, how can I reach my sisters for Christ? How can I reach their children? How can I love on all those college-age girls that come in my front door and need someone to listen to them or need a little guidance in this way or that? Those natural relationships, they're here. Of course. I'm blooming where I'm planted because they're here. And what can God do with that? One thing that I have been thinking about recently that I think ties in a little bit is that God calls us to a particular community that might not be the community that we love or that we would think that that is where we are going to be sowing those seeds and building those relationships. Even though we are saying, okay, this is the kind of person that I want to reach and this is the kind of area that I want to help out at and this is the kind of way that I want to do it. Sometimes God says, okay, these are the people I'm sending to you right now. You're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're saying, okay, because it's what you want, that's what I'm going to do. Because the Lord is asking and is is bringing that opportunity, we're going to seize that opportunity because everyone needs Christ. And if the Lord is bringing them, we're on it. Yes. And I did not intend to reach these specific women who had a desire to go walking. I did not specifically think, I want to reach college ladies. This is what happened. And I assessed what was going on around me. And And the need that was there. The need that presented itself. And what I'm swallowing and embracing now is that this window of time that I have with college young ladies is most likely a season that will pass. They will move into different stages of their life where they're no longer in need of or desiring my mentorship. And that will be okay. God will move them into another place. And then God will bring other people in the community that I can connect with. Just being able to see where the gaps are in your own community. Everybody has a really different situation going on. And, you know, children, when you reach children and you love on people's children, you are loving those families by extension. If you're a gentleman, you're listening to this and you're handy, you could help a neighbor with something 
something that needs fixing or with getting some groceries for someone who doesn't get out much or whatever it is. I mean, throwing a ball with a kid whose dad is gone a lot. There are things for you to do. This is the challenge. Pray, Lord, help open my eyes to how you can use me in my community and see what happens and be willing to fail, which I don't think there's any fail at all. Be willing to let it turn out differently than what you expect and just enjoy it as part of the journey. And some people, I will tell you, you know what? They started out kind of fast and then they kind of died off and they had kind of a natural subsiding to them. And a couple of them were a little bit confusing because I'm like, wow, I didn't see this coming. I thought we were connecting. But then I'm like, that's fine. God gave this woman free will. And don't be so rigid no. in your expectations or thinking that I must I did something do this wrong. Way. I did it. What what did I do? It's like, no, she was interested and now she's not. And that's okay. So maybe the season with this person that God is calling you to to speak to and to build community with, maybe that season might be over. He's going to bring more people. It's very rare to have just this whole bunch of time pass that the Lord is not asking you to reach out. We have the Great Commission. So there's always going to be opportunities. I mean, even Paul preached to those that were in prison. It's not like he was around a whole bunch of people, but he discussed who Christ was and shared the gospel with those he was around. He bloomed where he was planted. It's very true. Right. Do you want me to share my general outreach guidelines? Yes, I would like. Can you let us know about some general outreach guidelines? I can absolutely do that. I have bullet points to share with you. Excellent. I think you're going to like them though, because these are general principles of reaching out that just kind of came to my mind that I actually really do try to keep focus on, especially coming up with a new idea of how to reach people. The number one thing on my list is don't be weird. Weird usually comes in some form of being something that you're not. Okay. So don't be unauthentic. Don't be creepy. Don't be just this mismatch. Just don't be weird. Don't try so hard to be something you're not. Yes. There you go. If you're trying too hard, if you're trying to manipulate a situation too much, if you're trying to twist someone's arm too much, if you're inviting them to your church week after week after week after week, and they're putting on the brakes and you're not seeing that, don't do that. That's weird. Just understand that everybody is on a different timeline. And if one person is not very interested in this, then just kindly, gently, in a friendly manner, move on to focusing on something else. God is the one that has to do this. I learned this from one of my mentors, Greg Kokel from Stand to Reason Ministry. Love that man. And he has this principle of gardening where we are gardeners and we are laying the seed and we are watering it and we are allowing it to do what it's doing. But we cannot actually produce the fruit of that. That is the Lord's job. And maybe some other brother or sister in Christ down the road to reap that. But we can participate in the gardening and to do that kind of with a loose hand. One of my biggest motivations for being so involved with the community and trying to spread the seed, so to speak, is one principle I have to say, is that there are certain people in high school that before I was a Christian, I had a big heart for. And then I became a Christian and lost touch with them, or I currently don't have access to certain people in my life. But I really care deeply about their well-being. But I have no venue with them right now at all. And this could be family members that live remotely from me. This could be someone who's just really important to me. But I have no contact, no rapport with them or whatever. I pray for those people and I say, Lord, send someone to this person, to that person, to that person. Please send someone who can relate to them. Please send a Christian who will be a good ambassador for you, who will either challenge them or love them or invite them to church or whatever it is. And who they'll receive. 
Yes, that they'll receive. Someone plant someone, God, in their life. So who in my life, in my neighborhood, is someone else praying for? And maybe I could be the one answering their prayer to reach out to that neighbor lady, the widow on my street, you know, or my neighbor or whatever, fill in the blank. I could be participating in in doing God's work in that way. And that that has been so driving and convicting to me is hoping that God is and praying and knowing that God is strategizing for those people that I'm praying for in other areas that I can't reach and that I can in turn be doing the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's really motivating to me. Okay. So don't be weird. Here's the second point. Don't be a jerk. Be a nice neighbor. Be a loving neighbor. Be a forgiving neighbor. If someone's house is a little dilapidated in this way or that, don't be the first person to judge them on that. There may be a reason. I think we all know we can be jerky neighbors or we can be gracious neighbors. And yes, there is always a time when something has to be done, if something's in an extreme level. and um, But you could offer a helping hand. You Just be tolerant of one another and don't be a jerky neighbor. The only- only thing that should be jerky is beef, right? Yes. Beef jerky. Love me some beef jerky. Okay. And be generous with time and money. So if you want to do a little something at your house and it's going to cost you $100 to accomplish it, then just do it. I mean, if you have it within, if God has supplied that for you, we can easily drop a hundred bucks on other things that are much less worthy. So basically be generous with your time and with your money. And you have such a great gift of being resourceful. So if somebody, let's say they can't take away from their rent or their mortgage, obviously speaking to those that would be using that hundred dollars for something else anyway. So just figure out what it is you want to devote that to. But for others, you are very tight on finances for whatever reason, or you've got extra bills, whatever reason you are super resourceful. And I think that's a great example. And and that you're a great example about not everything has to cost a whole bunch. And there's still things that you can do from the heart. It might take extra energy because you might be putting things together, but that is your money that you're putting in is that energy and time you can still reach out. That's a great point because being responsible with our money is also a very, very important thing. And so, yes, and that's not what I'm advocating for. But like I knew someone at one point where she really wanted to do something, a spiritually minded thing that involved money. And she would get her lashes done and it was expensive. And she's like, I'm not going to be doing my lashes for a while. And I'm going to be doing this other thing with God's money. That's what I'm talking about. So if it's a Starbucks thing, if it's a whatever that you're used to paying on, you can divert those funds in creative ways to do a special project for a period of time for your neighbors. It's just basic generosity. We already talked about social cues. Pay attention to people's responses. And if someone's starting to feel uncomfortable with a situation, then just pull back. In these times right now, too, with vaccinated, unvaccinated, and these kinds of things going on, um, we need to be aware of what sensitivities that others have as well. Whatever accommodations you need to make, be gracious toward people. And then remember that people, I think this is the most important point and the last one that I have of the general principles, which is remember that people are not projects and to have genuine curiosity and to get to know them as a person that God values. so And God created yes. in his image. Yep. And that has free will. <laughs> and so Darn that's, Just we kidding. don't know. I want them to have free will, of course. We don't know where someone is at. God is the one who changes the heart. When you're with someone and you're really hoping that you can see a turn toward the Lord in their life, just know that this time that you've spent with them is not valueless. 
regardless of the outcome, because they're interesting person with their own history, and they're different from you, and you can get to know one another. And there can be a lot of value to relationship that you hope ends in a spiritual, not ends, but continues in a spiritual direction that doesn't end up doing that. Just remain curious about people. Ask lots of questions. Be a good listener. Yeah, those are my general principles. I love those. Can you give us some practical tips, ways, ideas that somebody might be able to build community? Like there might be some people listening and watching saying, I love exactly what you're saying. You are on point. It is 100% and I'm drawing a blank. What would you say okay. to these? A couple basic ideas of things you can mm-hmm. do to connect yeah. a holiday cookie exchange party. This could happen on the fly. You could throw one of these together for this weekend. It's so easy to do. You can email some people that are around you. You say free cookies and they are there. Yes. You won't even know. You didn't even realize that you had 2,000 friends that would yes. show up to your house. You could do cookie exchange, cookies optional. Cookies, cookies optional. optional. Yes. It's okay to break the rules because like my book club, we have a book we're reading. and But I always say, Hey, come to the book club, whether you've read the book or not, because it's, God for that. it's more about the getting together and the talking and the connecting than following the letter of law. So cookie exchange is an idea. Anything for children, a movie night. If you have a pool, you could have them over to swim one day. There's lots of different things along those lines with children. Helping a neighbor, we already talked about with a, some necessity, asking around, seeing if someone needs some help. If you attend a life group at your church or a Bible study, you could invite people from your neighborhood to join you. And then boom, you have Christian community already provided for them. But you know what the key factor there is? You have to be attending a life group at your church in order to invite someone. Or if there's a special event or a speaking event or even just going consistently on Sunday, those are really key things that you can do. Okay, I'm a soft sell kind of a person. Maybe not everybody is. So I don't like to overwhelm people with invitations. When it comes to inviting neighbors to church events or something like that, yeah, there's been times where my husband and I will take the kids and we'll go around to all the neighbors in our neighborhood watch area and we'll drop off the the flyers to everyone. And then there's been holidays where we haven't done that. There's been holidays where we've door knocked and left those flyers. It's just a variety because I don't want our neighbors to just feel like we're all about evangelism. I never would want people to feel like I'm ever, oh my gosh, doing something because I want their business because of Jean being in real estate. I guess just people just have to know our heart and where we're coming from on that because really with my intentional home article and getting the newsletter out to people, we are much about connecting and giving them something. And yeah, if we if there's a business transaction that comes from it, then that's great. But truly, our heart is we want to advance what God is doing and just healthy thinking and the beauty of things you can do around your home. And that is our core. When you have the right heart about something, I think people understand that and they pick up on that. So it gets annoying when people are constantly telling you about They're selling you on something, their church, Jesus, an MLM that they're representing or something. When those things come up consistently, we've all been on the receiving end of that. Don't be that. So one thing we did... Can I tell you about something? Absolutely. This was a wish fulfillment. This was a bucket list item of mine. I installed a little free library in my front yard. The little houses that are in front that people can put the The books books in and out. It's a take one, give one, free book sharing situation. Yes, it looks kind of like a glorified mailbox, but in the shape of a little house and, and it has a door and it has the books in there and there's a national registry. It's a nationwide organization. There's over 100,000 locations, actually. So did you register? 
register? Yes. Oh gosh, I registered. I didn't so that. I'm on the National Registry. It's a little free library. But anyway, I have one of these in my front yard now. So I emailed all of our neighbors because we're neighborhood watch captains. So that's one thing. I have a list of a bunch of other stuff, but I'm give us a couple more. Little free library. Oh, here's a great one. In our neighborhood, we have a dog park now. There's a lot of people that are walking dogs. And what I've noticed is a lot of people are using professional dog walkers to bring oh, okay. their dogs to the dog park and have a good time. They're working people and they're feeling bad that their dog is cooped up. Yeah. You could be the nice neighbor that offers to walk your working neighbor's dog. Or maybe you have an aging neighbor who it's hard for them to get around and they have a dog that would love to spend some time taking a little walk around the neighborhood. You could offer to walk your neighbor's dog. Or if you have a kid that's appropriate age, could do that together. That would be such a blessing to the seniors in the community. That would be a blessing. When you love the things that others love, that is the fastest way to someone's heart. When you love on someone's child, someone's adult child, when you offer good advice or stability or friendship to someone that someone else loves, when you love on someone's pet, that's almost as good as loving on their kid. So this is another way to reach your neighbors. Sharing resources. If you have a great painter that you love, you know, when you're in conversation with your neighbors, tell them, hey, if you ever need a good painter, like we have one that we really like, or we have a plumber that does a great job snaking our lines. Sharing resources, those kinds of things, it connects you. These are basic 101 connections with community, but we have lost so much through COVID. There is so much breakdown that's happened. We have to be intentional about rebuilding that and bringing that back together. So sharing resources is really good. Even offering to pray for someone is a really simple, if you know that you have a neighbor who is going through a hard time, you're out there watering the lawn together and they've shared something with you. It's so easy just to say, I'll pray for you about that. I'm sorry. But here's the trick. If you ever offer to pray for somebody, follow up with them because then that shows that you actually care and that you remember especially if it's someone who is not a believer or you don't know them very well from your neighborhood. If you offer to pray for them, follow up with them and say, how's that going with your mother who was sick or whatever? It's a great reminder. Something that popped into my head while we were talking earlier was that there are people in our lives that we might get upset with because of their behavior, because of whatever it is. There's a lot of things that we do in the world that are not the same that we do when we're a believer and are mature in our walk. And so I think sometimes just as a reminder that just popped in my head was to remember instead of getting mad, that might be your initial reaction. Once that kind of dies in a second, you know, and you start getting your logical peace again to remind yourself that instead of just getting mad and walking away, that sometimes you need to reach out. Maybe there's things going on that's keeping them from Christ, or maybe their behavior is more their symptoms because there's a root problem. And that's usually bad relationships, trauma that has happened, a lack of connection to God, maybe not trusting God, whatever it is. But instead of just saying, oh, you know, man, they frustrate me so much, we have to go back in and say, wait a minute, these are children of God. These are people that God made in his image that have value and worth because God created them. He deemed it important enough to create them and to give them life. That is something that I'm going to lead more into versus pull back, which might be our flesh reaction, which we might need to take to the Lord. Absolutely. We don't have to agree with everyone in order to connect with them. There's always going to be points of common ground that we have with someone, even someone who's really different from us. Or who's hard to be around. Or who's hard to be around. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. We can still have common ground with them on some levels. You just have to be intentional about finding out what your common ground is and loving on them. So if we jump into our scripture section now, are there some scriptures that you think of that would apply to what we discussed today that maybe those that are listening or watching might look up, that they might be blessed in knowing that 
maybe can meditate on? Yeah, for sure. I mentioned several of them, but most of them, oddly enough, are from Matthew today, which is so amazing. Great book. Matthew twenty two thirty seven talks about loving God with our whole heart and our soul and our mind. I look at even the intentionality of that verse of saying, when you love God, our whole person is loving God. That's where the apologetics comes in. That's where staying grounded in scripture, comparing everything to scripture like the Bereans did. And maybe and we saying should remind what is true. what apologetics is. I guess I should have done that in the beginning. Can you just remind them real fast what apologetics so is? Apo- apologetics is not apologizing for anything. Apologetics is just the study of God's word and seeing how it's true and I don't even know what the technical definition is, but it's basically knowing how to rightly divide the word of God and how it applies and investigating how to defend the faith. How to defend the faith. And so loving God with your heart and with your soul and with your mind, it's fun and it's sometimes underrated. The whole loving God with your mind is something that I get a lot of joy out of actually. And then the Great Commission passage in Matthew 28, and it's repeated in other parts too, about just going out and getting out of our comfort zone and and sharing the gospel and making disciples and baptizing people and seeing people grow in Christ. That is a very driving verse for me. And then in Romans 12, we had mentioned it about, actually, we didn't mention this one yet, but about how the body of Christ is made up of different members, different parts of the body work together, but we don't all have the same function. But it's still our responsibility to function in the part that we are designed to function in. Those and that each part is important. Yes. And that they work together and that there's lack when you are not functioning in how you were designed, there is lack in the body. You may think, oh, well, what is it that I can do? Or what is it that, uh, how can I function? Or my function isn't very significant, or it's very behind the scenes, or it's subtle, or I don't, I don't like to teach, and I don't like to mentor, and I don't like to get out there. Well, you know what? That's someone else's gifting. Your gifting is probably along a totally different line. That is what you're responsible to run with. If you don't know what that is yet, Start praying and figure it out and experiment with some stuff and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So And probably to look at what you like already. Yes. Right. See what things that already light you up. I mean, you can tell when I was talking about Little Free Library, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I got to tell you about my Little Free They're Library. They're all about booking it. Yes. Well, that's an old phrase. Right. About plants and about succulents. Like there are certain things that light me up and certain things that just don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't like to cook. Like for all the hospitality things that we do and stuff. Cooking just does nothing for me. Like potluck. Yeah, potluck, everything. (laughs) But if you like to cook, you can open up the heart of people through cooking. You can cook well. If you like to cook, you can cook well. Okay, even if you are terrible at cooking, but you can follow a recipe, you can do it. So there you go. Well, then you're not terrible at cooking. Yeah, whatever it is. you There's something that you enjoy doing or that you're kind of good at or that you aspire to learn and you that is what you use and, and function sure the in Lord that way. I'm sure the Lord blesses that as well. He sees your effort. He knows your heart. And if it's genuine, even if you're not the best, he's probably going to develop that and he's going to bless you in some way or he's going to call you to something else. Yeah, and you don't have to be an expert at it. I'm not an expert at any of these things that I've ever done or listed. She is. Trust me, I am no, 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 no. I am not an expert. Like I look at the experts and I admire them, but I think, oh, how much time and energy would it be to be an expert in this area or, you know, get down on myself. Oh, I did had to speak an event. Oh, it didn't come out exactly the way that I want. And I just say, you know what? I'm glad I was here. I'm glad I did it. It wasn't perfect, 
but I did it. And I'm so glad that I followed the Lord and got over my fear. That is big. Get over your fear. Don't let your fear keep you from using your talents. Don't bury whatever your talents and passions are in the sand because of fear. That is a big drive for sure. Yeah. And the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 is expressly that. The people in that passage, when uh, Jesus was talking to them, they're like, you're burying your talent or you're not using it. You'd at least put it in the bank and make a profit that way. But instead you buried it and then look, you have nothing now. That is not what God wants us to do. Sometimes we just experiment and see what happens. And you have to remind yourself, no one is perfect. You can venture out there. Progress over perfection. Because I am a big, I'm talking to myself, number one. First, perfectionism was is a huge thing that I've had to get over over the years. Perfectionism can be a barrier. It can be helpful because you you just do such a great job, but it can be a barrier that you won't even try mm -hmm. because you already assume what the outcome will be. Yes. Let it go. That's right. Let go. the perfectionism go. And you don't want to idolize perfection no. either. You don't want to idolize yourself. That wouldn't be going towards God. So these are things that have to be worked out in us mm -hmm. sometimes. And what a wonderful thing when it happens. Isn't there such a freedom? Mm -hmm. Yes. When you learn how to let it go and then such a freedom of, wow, I can just be mm -hmm. and serve the Lord. Let me tell you something. Fun fact about my car. My car has a huge dent on the side. It's a scratch and a dent all in one. It looks terrible, but you know what? I don't get it fixed because once I get that thing fixed and my car has the perfect paint job again, then I become nervous and protective mm -hmm. and, oh, no, Oh, I don't want to let my kids borrow my car because, you know, they might ding it or I have to park in these remote spots now because it doesn't have any dings. Well, I already got a ding. I have worse than a ding. I have full on dent on the side of my car. It helps you keep I perspective. Intentionally let the imperfection go because I have more joy. Right. I have more peace because I'm letting the perfectionism go. And I'm just out there driving my car around, having fun, doing my thing. If I need to loan it for a situation, I can. And so I know that's kind of a dumb example, but it expresses the thought behind. But it was you being intentional yes. in making sure that you're in line with what God wants for you and your mm -hmm. character. Right. And How I may get that ding fixed at some point, but right now I'm finding the benefit in the imperfection. And maybe you can find the benefit in the imperfection of a plan that you might have coming up. They're like, oh, well, if I can't do it right, then I don't want to do it at all. Hogwash. That is such hogwash. Just do it and do it in Jesus name and see what happens. Hallelujah. A scripture that I was thinking of was John 14, 6, which we know, which is Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And the reason that that came to my mind is that everyone needs to know the Lord if they want salvation. They must accept the Lord if they want salvation. They have to hear the gospel. Typically, God utilizes people to reach that gospel to them. Remember that as you're thinking of all those reasons of not building community or all the reasons that you want to stay in your comfort zone, but remember, they need to hear the gospel. They need that relationship to be able to even listen to you oftentimes. And just remember that no one comes to heaven has salvation if it's not through Christ. Next, First Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Lastly, Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father through him. Whatever it is that you do, you do it for the Lord. Those are great verses. Yes. If there was one thing that you would want them to take away 
from this? Let's say they, they can only remember this one piece. What would you want them to remember? I would say get out and try something that you haven't tried before that includes someone from your neighbor or your community or a group that you're in touch with, either a parent's group or your neighborhood or maybe some friends from work or something. Challenge yourself to do something that's a little bit experimental, maybe even hard for you. Try something small. See what happens. See what God will do with it. Be ready to be amazed and at what God will do be, with it. Be, and, and you know, it might not be amazing, but you might have a follow-up event and then maybe you do it again or you try something different. The whole point is get that ball rolling of trying something different and new because God created you and me and you in his image to do hard things. Jesus did many hard things and he created us in his image to do hard things also for his glory. Thank you very much. I just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in today, for listening. We want to thank you, Gretchen, for coming on today and just sharing the ways that you're gifted. We were very much blessed by that. I really hope that you take that to heart and that you start applying some of these things. And we would love to hear what happened, how you were able to implement those things and the fruit that you were able to see. So again, thank you so much, Gretchen, for joining us today. And thank you listeners for listening and for those viewers that are watching. If you enjoyed today's show, if you got benefit out of it, please leave a comment, subscribe, give us a like. It will be encouragement to keep on going. So we thank you for that. Don't forget that we are on most podcast platforms. We are also on social media where you will find some things that are not on the podcast platforms, encouragements, things about specials that are coming up with it that our guests have, snippets of our podcast will be cut into a maybe a minute or two things that you can listen to. So check us out on Facebook and on Instagram and YouTube as well. So you don't miss anything. So make sure you subscribe. Can you close us out in prayer? Yes. Thank you so much. This has been so fun and it's been such an honor to spend this time with you, Kat. I love what you're doing here. So I'll close this out. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to be intentional about how we can partner with you in reaching people that you love. God, people who um, don't yet know you and brothers and sisters who already know you but need encouragement. Yes, Lord. We just pray and ask that you would use Kat and I and that you would use all of the listeners and viewers um, in unique ways, according to our giftings and our passions, to um, connect with others in your name, Jesus. Yes, God. By your power, Holy Spirit, we love you, God, and we are here to do things in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. We will send you off. Hope you have a wonderful week. Don't forget to check us out next week for our new episode as well. God bless you. Ciao. Bye.